2: The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
3: Brett Dalton has that white flag in hand. Crowd on their feet. Talladega Super Speedway, one to go for Eric Jones. He's out front. Will he lead him all the way back? Kyle Larson right behind. So is Ross Chastain. Eric Jones trying to take the
0: legendary 43 back to victory lane. Where will the challenge come? Larson is right there. Big shove now from the Rock Chastain. Eric Jones
4: off two for the final time. No one stepping out of line here among the leaders. Eric Jones leads the way. Halfway down the back straight away, half a lap to go. Larson's looking. Jones throws the block.
0: It's all Eric Jones leading back to three. They're jammed up nose to tail. Now Kurt Busch pulls out of line in fourth. That breaks Chastain off the back bumper of Kyle Larson. Eric Jones is
5: out front by a car length, but will Larson's run last? Here they come, racing to the trioval. oval And Kurt Bush is in the middle lane. They're crashing behind him. Kurt Busch, hard into the outside wall. Bubba Wallace into the wall, steaming to the line. Ross Chastain will win the Geico 500.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
4: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we leave the high banks of Talladega and prepare for a different set of high banks. And that would be the high banks of the Monster Mile at Dover Motor Speedway. On today's show, Bubba Wallace is going to join us. Bubba has some tough sledding over the weekend at Talladega, but was a key player for some time and has become a key player in the NASCAR Cup Series. We'll chat with Bubba. We're also going to chat with Kevin Harvick. He, along with the rest of the NASCAR Cup gentry, are headed to the Monster Mile this weekend. We'll get Happy's thoughts. Also, the NFL draft is this week, so we figure we'd have a little fun and create a NASCAR draft. A couple of MRN announcers will join us, in Steve Post and Chris Wilner as we conduct our own draft. Plus, we will preview the racing weekend at Dover, the Duramax Dean 400. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR Nation. Kyle?
3: Mike much of the conversation over the weekend in Talladega surrounded Kyle Busch and his future in the sport beyond this season. Longtime primary sponsor Mars Candy announced last year that 2022 would be their final season sponsoring Busch, which also coincides with Busch's final year of his current contract with Joe Gibbs Racing. However, the two-time Cup Series champion and 60-time winner says he's not overly concerned. I'm
6: not getting antsy about it. If it happens, it happens.
3: If it don't, it don't. Goodbye. Bush has been sponsored by Mars and their M&M's brand since he joined Joe Gibbs Racing in 2008. Junior Motorsports announced this week that they will field five teams in five additional NASCAR Xfinity Series races this year with some familiar faces behind the wheel. That fifth car will be the team's number 88 entry, and will see the likes of William Byron, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Larson driving with Elliot in the car next at Darlington Raceway on May 7th and Austin Dillon is fresh off a second place finish at the Talladega Super Speedway a continuation of what has been a great start to the season for both Dillon and his Richard Childress Racing teammate Tyler Reddick and Dillon says there are multiple reasons for why that is.
7: I think it's a group effort you know two young drivers myself and Tyler and pushing our guys and them working their tails off and effort in the offseason with this new car to really be the first to try and figure out the best we can. You know Every track we went to in practice, we were the first ones on the track and just trying to learn as much. Every lap you know, mattered, and we're still grinding the simulator each and every week. Both Dylan
3: and Reddick are in the top 15 in the series standings heading to Dover Motor Speedway this weekend. Mike.
4: Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Bubba Wallace. And later, we'll have our NASCAR Live NASCAR Draft.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
4: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Bubba Wallace has had some ups and downs in his career, and it seems that those have settled down a tad. He's landed in a stable place with 23-11 racing, and he scored the team's first win and his first career win in the Cup Series last year at Talladega. He's led some laps this season. MRN's Dave Moody had a chance to sit down with Bubba and talk about where 2311 stands in 2022.
0: Let's talk a little bit about season as a whole. Here, there have obviously been some real bright spots, but there've been some frustration as well, right?
6: Yeah, there's only there's only been about one bright spot, and that's hell. That's been Daytona. Uh other than that, man, we've you know, I made the mistake of crashing in California in practice that put us behind. We got the car better and fast throughout the race, and then I go in there and wreck Brad, and it was like, what the heck? We've had a loose wheel at Phoenix, um Vegas. I don't really remember what we got in that wreck there at the end with Eric. Um, it just seems like something has happened. We've had three loose wheels um that have taken us out of contention. Obviously with the penalty there at Coda. And I think we'll be okay because, honestly, it's it's good to go into these meetings on Monday. You're, you're pissed off and frustrated like hell. But when they ask you, you know, where do you think you'd finish? Like, where do you rank your finishing position? i say 10th, 12th. And it's like, damn, we finished 22nd, 24th, 28th, 30th. And it's like, we look at those days, it's like, man, we're giving up a lot of spots with our mistakes. And so... The nice thing about that is like, hey, if we clean up our mistakes, we can go finish here. And finishing 10th to 12th is well inside the playoffs, which is our number one goal for our team this year. I think we're well capable of doing that. But we just, you know, Denny said it best, you know, we got to stop the bleeding, you know. And Kurt's had a few more good finishes. Um, but other than that, man, we've just been struggling to execute and finish races. And, um, and so that's been... That's been tough. The, the Monday morning meetings have, have gotten heated, but everyone needs a good, a good chewing me included to, to get things back on track. So I think uh, Bristol, obviously having motor problems there took us out of contention running the top 15. Um, and you know, the, the penalty, the penalty and not having booty there has been a been a detriment to our team um, and just the way we, we call the races and, and whatnot. So you know, having Dave there has, has been good, but um, you know, not a knock against Dave. But, I mean, you, you grow this, this trust and relationship in with Booty, your crew chief, and then he's gone for four weeks. So it's like it's definitely a major setback for us. So trying to figure out, you know, what we need to do to be better. Do you look in the mirror and say, what do I need to do better? And if
0: so, what answers do you come up with?
6: Yeah, no, no doubt. Denny's big on that. Denny, Denny recognizes the main issues, but he's also um, he's also like, we just got to do a lot of self-reflect. And in those moments in that time, it's like, dude, what are you talking about? The facts are right here. Like, this is why. But you, once you calm down and, and move on, you're like, okay, you know, I could have maybe done this a little better. But I've, I've really put an emphasis on this year and my mindset's changed a lot. Um, and, it, and it does every year. It's just you get more mature and, and figure out where you need to be as a person uh, and as a driver. And, and you know, when these races do go south, you can either fold or continue to push hard, um, you know. Um, and I, I'm like, you know, I'm going to make sure that when I walk into these meetings on Monday, they cannot point the finger at me. And so and with that being said, I'm OK if, if, if it is on me, but mentally, mentally, I can lay down at night knowing that I gave it my all, and that's that's all you can ask for. When it's out of your control, it's out of your control. And so, you know, I've made my mistakes, I've wrecked cars, I've sped on pit road, I've parked in the box wrong. And, you know, cleaning that stuff up, you know, it, it just takes it takes a team. It takes a team to clean up all of our mistakes. And honestly, like I said earlier, when we do that, we will be just fine.
0: Final question here. How different are you today than that fresh-faced kid that, that came out of the summer shootout series at Charlotte Motor Speedway coming into trucks, uh, figured that he was going to tear the world into tiny little pieces and did not have a clue how hard this game really is at the top of the ladder.
6: Yeah, no, I, hey, I'm, I've, I've eaten a lot of crow throughout my, uh, my, my career, and I can, I can proudly say that. Um, you know, it's there's there's a thing, there's a there's a fine line between cockiness and confidence. And uh was I cocky coming up through? And yeah, I tried to 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 walk that line, you know, proudly the the, the fine line between the two, confidence and cocky. And sometimes you'd show up and just get your teeth kicked in and it was like, "Oh, okay. That was definitely a humbling moment." Um, but understanding, you know, where I'm at in sport and what it takes and, you know, you know, a year ago, I'd be frustrated and mad and just pointing the blame at everybody and and not taking much responsibility. And you know, looking at these moments is like, yeah, I'm pissed off at, at key people on our team, but at the same time, it's like, hey, we make mistakes. Let's let's grow from it. Let's fix it. Let's you know, I mean, we're going to chew each other out. We're going to get into a little fisticuff match here but it's fine as long as we come out on the positive side of things and just having a positive outlook on things. You know, I've, I've, um, I've had a few races this year at the beginning of the season where I'm just mad and I'm mad, I'm mad. And it doesn't work. And then uh, after Phoenix, after Phoenix, I, uh, I got on a plane, I had, a, had a, an event to go to on Monday. I got on the plane and it was weird. I was, I was still seeing red. This was Monday, 830 in the morning. And uh, I was like, all right. Yeah, cool. I'm good now. I I don't know if it was the cabin pressure, the thing of the seatbelt, but it was like, I'm done being mad. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just in that moment. It was like, why are you mad for so long? Like be mad in the moment, get, be done with it and focus back on the next task. And it was, it was a literal light switch. And so that's been kind of my motto last year was no more excuses. This year it's done being mad, done being negative, done being negative. That was it.
4: Thank you, Dave. Coming up, Steve Post and Chris Wilner will join me as we conduct a little NASCAR draft as the NFL draft kicks off later this week. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am
2: I
0: getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys.
4: And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to
2: fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best.
4: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As the NFL Draft is getting ready to kick off this week in Las Vegas, we thought we'd ask our announcers who they would take in a NASCAR draft. A couple of these announcers joining us right now like to welcome Steve Post back to NASCAR Live. Posty,
8: how are we doing? I am fantastic. Big week in the NFL, and there are always big weeks in NASCAR, so it's going to be fun. And we'd also like to bring in Chris Wilner, fresh off of his uh,
4: announcing performance on the GEICO 500 race weekend this past weekend at Talladega. Chris, how are we doing? We're doing great, Mike. Excited to be here.
9: And, uh, yeah, it was a heck of a weekend, so looking forward to uh, Dover.
4: And this is fixing to be a heck of an exercise. This exercise... We're going to follow a snake draft format. So with those and the criteria for who goes first was who responded to our producer's email first. And indeed, Steve Post was the first to reply. Chris was second. So with snake drafts, Posty will get the first draft. And that first pick in that first drafting element will be current cup driver that you would like to have on your team, a two-car team, as it were. Then Chris will pick second. And then... For the second round of this draft, we're going to pick a NASCAR Xfinity, a NASCAR Camping World truck, or an ARCA Menard Series driver to round out the formation. Chris will get the first pick in that round. Posty will button us up there. So without further ado, Steve Post, you have the first pick in the Motor Racing Network NASCAR Live NASCAR Draft. Who are you picking? If you're picking a two-car team and a two-driver stable, which existing cup driver are you selecting?
8: Well, the postman in the first round of this draft selects the youngster out of Alva, Florida, um, Ross Chastain. Kurt Busch is in the middle lane. They're crashing
5: behind him. Kurt Busch hard into the outside wall. Bubba Wallace into the wall, steaming to the line. Ross Chastain will win the Geico 500.
8: I just think, I think Ross brings obviously a lot of energy. Obviously, he's got a great work ethic, and he has finally, you know, got into the situation where he can win races. The other thing I like about Ross Chastain is he is 29 years old. So he is a foundation that I'm going to lure him away from track house racing, that foundation over there, and put him on my foundation and my team. So my first pick, Chastain, going with the postman.
4: Here's what amazes me about Ross Chastain. by the way, that's a great pick. So it wasn't a few years ago that Ross Jastain was bouncing from ride to ride to ride in all three series. He used to drive some trucks, used to drive in the Xfinity Series. He's been around for a while. It looked like things were headed in the right direction. He was in the Chip Ganassi Racing Xfinity Series pipeline. The DC solar situation sidelined that. Ross found him on the outside looking in. Boasty, do you think that when Ross Jastain had dreams of grandeur of becoming a Cup Series driver, that this is how it would play out
8: right now. Do you think that this is what he was dreaming of when he wanted to be a cup driver? I think it's, it's, it's how it plays out in the dreams. I think it might be a little accelerated from, from how it went. And and obviously there was highs and lows, but the highs and lows have served Ross very, very well. I mean, he has just put his head down and fought his way through the lows. The the DC Solar thing, I can't imagine. You You scratch and you claw and you finally get yourself with a cup organization, with a sponsor, with a full-time deal, And poof, it's gone away. Now, he obviously enamored Chip Ganassi enough so that he got some limited races there and won some Xfinity Series race, or at least an Xfinity Series race, I recall, down at Darlington. And so he just keeps grinding it out and grinding it out, true to his work ethic, true to himself as well. I mean, he, he roughed, ruffled some feathers. That race at Darlington, he ruffled Kevin Harvick's feather. True to his roots, true to his ethic, believing in himself. And I think that's why, right now, that dream that he is living that you referenced, coming true is good, and I, I want him on my side. A youngster like that, I think that the dream continues uh, continues and only gets better.
4: All right, so Ross Jastain going to Posty Motorsports. How about Wilner Racing? Chris, who do you have in the second pick of the NASCAR draft here? Well, with
9: the second pick of our NASCAR draft here on NASCAR Live, I'm gonna stick with that young
3: flavor who've really
9: established themselves. I'm gonna go with young money, Kyle Larson. Absent
3: a year ago, he's back now, and now he is a Cup Series champion in 2021. Kyle Larson across the line. He will win in Phoenix, and Kyle Larson is your 2021 NASCAR Cup Series
9: champion. And, you know, once again, we talk about young talent, but already established as a Cup Series champion. But somebody who's had to be humbled in this sport, but also somebody who's had to really understand all facets of motorsports coming from the grassroots level. He can drive anything, he can win in everything. I think you kind of want to have that mentorship for a young driver for somebody who's driven a lot of different styles of race cars, who understands the sport and what each level needs as you rise through the ranks and make it to the Cup Series. And then once you get there, all about making sure you can perform at that highest level and adapt to different racetracks. And Kyle Larson, obviously, we've seen win on multiple uh, facets of racetracks and certainly doing a, a good job in his early cup careers. So for me, I mean, I think Kyle has proven himself. He's had to be humbled a little bit uh, as far as off the track, but I think that mindset of, of, of what is a successful organization and obviously teaming up with two of the best, having been with Chip Ganassi, and then obviously now at Hendrick Motorsports, he can understand what it takes to perform and keep performing at the highest level with the resources that you need. So Kyle Larson's a guy who I can think turn into a mentor as he gets a little bit older, uh, but we'd be a good foundation in terms of his on-track success and his background and in, in being able to uh, be a diverse race car driver.
4: Well, let's not kid ourselves. I think you're burying the lead here. You want Kyle Larson because Wilner Racing will not only be racing in the Cup Series, but World of Outlaws, Dirt, Super Late Models, and all this stuff. You want the multifaceted approach to the racing operation, do you not?
9: Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, that's kind of where we're going in in the sport, right? Look at how many drivers are venturing out into grassroots racing, whether it's on a micro sprint or at the Chili Bowl like Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell. And I think it just brings eyeballs to different elements of motorsports and it's a big win for NASCAR. So, as far as my team's concerned here at Wilner Motorsports, that's big for me. I want to see my drivers, you know, reach out to the grassroots level and bring fans in and perform at different levels. And uh, yeah, so you know, from a marketing standpoint, absolutely. Let's uh, let's get them out in, in different
4: series. Y'all are leaving a lot of good names on the table. However, in the first round, Ross Justine, Kyle Larson. I can't uh, I can't deny that. All right, Chris, you get the. First pick in this round, and you have your choice of an Xfinity driver, a cup or a, a truck driver, or an ARCA Menards Series driver. Who are you going with? Well, I tell you
9: what, it was pretty tough. I mean, you look at the list of up-and-comers. I mean, I think now more than ever is when we have really deep list of of young drivers, certainly capable of, of making it, but. I'm gonna stick with uh, a driver that's really caught my attention really starting about two years ago, and that's Zane Smith out of the Camping World Truck Series.
4: Zane Smith darted to the inside to take the lead. He'll rocket up the front straightaway, checkered flag in the air. Zane Smith wins at Circuit of the Americas. Uh, not only Mr. Consistency,
9: especially in the in the latter part of last year and into this year, but in terms of what he's been able to do, jumping from team to team, going from GMS to front row this year, And and really elevating their program, you know, no, nothing against Todd Gillland, but he was there for a number of years and, you know, got a win and it's kind of been around there but look at where they've been already in 2022 and I think Zane is a guy who understands the business model he understands um, kind of what it's going to take to move up through the series and He's really elevated that program. So the fact that he's made an impact uh, in his first year with, with with Front Road Motorsports at such a young age, he's finished second in the championship the last two years, won a bunch of races. Uh, he's a guy, though, I think that's a sleeper. And, and if you get him in the right equipment and team him up with Kyle Larson, I think the the uh, the you know the ends are, are boundless for
4: him. All right. So
8: Zane Smith is off the board. Good
4: call there. Posty, who are you going with?
8: Well, I think Chris got a really good last name of a driver, but uh, I'm going to go with Chandler Smith. Zane
0: Smith will make a final try. He looks to the high side, not close enough to mount a challenge at the line. Chandler Smith wins in Las Vegas.
8: I have been so impressed with this young guy, and and I've had the chance to see him. He races a lot of short track stuff as well with Donnie Wilson racing, uh, whether it's a cars tour, whether it's super late models. He won the Snowball Derby this past year. But I just think that he's hooked in now with Kyle Busch Motorsports and Danny Stockman over there, and I think we're starting to see his talent level flourish. So, when we bring him over to Team Postman or Posty Motorsports, when we bring him over, the key is to get good people around him, like Donnie Wilson racing on the short tracks, or Kyle Busch Motorsports and Danny Stockman. We get the right people around him. He's won three truck series racing here, races here, not in the, in the end of last year and, and into this year. been very, very strong, and I uh, another one that you know I talked about it with Ross Chastain. My initial pick with the veteran drivers. I like the work ethic of Chandler Smith. I was talking to Danny Stockman about him. He is always at a racetrack. He is always learning. He is always out there trying to get better and better with his craft, with his skill. And I, I, I want that. I, I want that kid that's out there running the short tracks when we're not when we're not running on the big tracks.
4: Coming up, we'll have a little more fun with some NASCAR drafting here on NASCAR Live.
10: This is NASCAR
2: Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
4: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Having a little fun with a NASCAR draft as we prepare for the NFL draft coming up Thursday in Las Vegas. I didn't have a pick in this process, but if I did, my number one guy would be the driver of the number 24 Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet, and that is William Byron.
3: Wind the clock for William Byron off four, and he will win tonight at Martinsville career win number four for Willie
8: B. Yeah,
4: I think he is budding into the next Cup Series superstar. Posty, what do you think about that?
8: I certainly wrestled with William Byron. He was one that I talked about. Again, he's got that youth, that, that, that young uh, skill set, and, and and I agree with that. I'll tell you, there's another young guy that doesn't come across as a young guy. Joey Logano was only 31 years old you want to build a team build a team with Joey Logano there I've had the chance here on Motor Racing Network to spend a lot of time recently with with Todd Gordon as we do Crew Call our podcast and Todd has shared Joey's work ethic and it's not a and now Joey's not like some of the other guys we talked about at every dirt track every Tuesday or Wednesday night but Joey is such a student of his game, of his craft, of his sport. We saw that with the dirt race last year at Bristol. Now, he did go run with Ryan Flores, a dirt modified. He wasn't out beating on his chest about it. He was out learning just a little bit about it, enough to be successful. So um, I agree with you, Mike. Byron's a great pick that we left on the table. I like Joey Legato. I think that's the, the part of the challenge is the talent level is really, really good in the sport right now. And yeah, I think
9: course. you can also throw in, and not to interrupt you, Mike, I think you throw in Chase Elliott into that mix as well in terms of the diversity. I think everybody's starting to find that the more you run outside of the Cup Series, the better that translates into Sunday's performance. And I think Chase is a guy who saw the Chili Bowl and uh, it's also kind of been a guy who's had early success. It's, it's kind of tapered into more of a consistency run for him, and now he's venturing out and trying new things to hone his craft and be that much better each and every year.
4: Now, as far as the XFINITY series, trucks, and ARCA, there's one guy that has recently caught my attention for more than one reason, and that is Austin Hill.
5: Austin Hill has won at Daytona. He was out front of A.J. Allmendinger when the caution flag came out.
4: He has moved from the trucks. He's gone to Richard Childress Racing in the XFINITY series, which by the way, I think he fits just perfectly. But I like the way he races his races. I thought he had a great race over the weekend at Talladega. And if ever a time came when things got dicey, I want him on my side. I don't want him opposing me. Uh, because let's just say that if if, if if heck breaks loose,
8: Austin Hill would have my back. And, well, quite frankly, you don't mess with that boy from Georgia, Posty. <laughs> no, no. I, I, like you, I think Austin has done a really good job. And he's been very impressive in the Xfinity series. I'll tell you, and I, and I had two names listed because I knew Chris was going to get the first pick here. And I was afraid he would pick my Chandler Smith one. I went really, really young because there's a, there's a young man that we haven't seen in the top three levels of NASCAR, but has done really well. He's a two time champ on the ARCA West series, Jesse Love, 17 year old racer from out in California, sprint car background, Chris, you and I see him occasionally he runs out of Millbridge, but Jesse, like everyone that I've mentioned, is constantly in the trenches he's at the racetrack he's out there working he's out there learning about it gets a ride this weekend with venturini up at dover with us at the monster mile in the arca east series so i mean he's my uh my he's my young prospect if i if if i wasn't able to get chandler smith i was going to take a flyer on jesse love 17 years old we'd have to wait for him to be legal to run all these racetracks but uh i really like i really like that one as well
4: gentlemen appreciate you joining us for a little fun little exercise here Look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you, boys. Thank you. That's Steve Post and Chris Wilner. Coming up, Kevin Harvick talks racing at Dover for the Duramax Drydeen 400. And later, we'll preview the entire race weekend at the Monster Mile. This is NASCAR Live. Now,
2: back to Mike Bagley.
4: We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. It's been a challenging two years for Kevin Harvick. After he dominated 2020 with nine wins, he went winless a year ago, but still scored 10 top five finishes. But 2022 is presenting its own set of challenges with the next gen car. And Kevin is adjusting to all those changes. MRN Steve Post caught up with the Stuart Haas Racing Driver.
8: Kevin Harvick joins us here on the Motor Racing Network. Hello, Kevin. How are you?
11: I'm doing great how are you
8: I am fantastic fantastic Kevin when we look forward to Mar or to Dover the monster mile coming up at um, up at, up at Dover Delaware when we look at Dover over the last seven races you have had finishes all in the top six including a pair of wins what has there been recently that has just suited you so well up there
11: yeah well you know I think when when you look back at those stats they they obviously don't tell the whole story I think they could have been way better than that I think we had three races in a row where the or the um, a lug nut, or the pit gun, knocked the valve stem off in in, uh, in races that we were leading. So those are the ones that I remember, uh, unfortunately. Um, but you know, I can tell you that that Dover has just been a it's been a, a great racetrack for for us as a team since um, you know I've come over to, to Stuart Haas Racing, and, and you know I think as as Rodney and, and the guys looked at, at my stats, they were like, oh man, we need to we need to figure something out at Dover and and uh, Pocono. And, you know, they put a, put a lot of effort into, into those racetracks um, to, to try to run better and get me comfortable at. And, and obviously they've turned, uh, turned over into a racetrack that we circle every year. So uh, to go up and, and hopefully have a, have a good weekend. So it's been, uh, it's been a great racetrack for us. It's a tough, tough racetrack. And I think when you look at the bumps and the elevation changes and, and everything that, that we have to deal with up there, um you know it's just a a physically demanding racetrack and and it's also a racetrack that as the driver you have to drive hard every lap or you're not making enough time
8: you mentioned the physically demanding nature of the racetrack is it is it a is it a track that takes you a little time to get the rhythm of it when you when you check in there on saturday morning or friday morning whenever we practice and how, how do you get up to speed with a track that is so physically challenging
11: yeah, for sure. It's it's um, it's definitely a rhythm racetrack just because of, of everything that that happens with the car, um, how you use the throttle and, and things like that. So it's um, you know you don't have a lot of time to do that that rhythm stuff anymore in practice because you know everything in practice happens so fast in, in 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 what we've evolved to from a scheduling standpoint. So it's it's definitely you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get with it get with it pretty quick and and. Um, you know, then go straight into qualifying. So, you know, I think the the way that our sport has evolved and, and able to do that it leads into a lot of time in the in the simulator during the week and making sure that you're prepared for for things as, as you get into the car on Saturday.
8: Have you have you been aggressively doing the simulator? Are you begr- are you when the simulator came on board? Is it something that you've you a, a tool that you use frequently?
11: Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a weekly tool just because you know, there's, there's really no better time to, to build something than uh, when you have a clean sheet of paper and, and, you know, everybody's thought processes are fresh and new, and, and so, you know, I think with, with the next-gen car, that, that allowed us to, to do that. Uh, everything before was, you know, a patch here and a patch there, and, you know, this this won't be like this, so just disregard that. Now it's, you know, let's fix this, let's fix this, you know, and, and make it as, as realistic as possible as, as you go through everything. So, you know, having that clean sheet of paper allowed us to, to try to develop something that, that should be, you know, a tool of of what everybody has going forward that is used more than probably what it was in the past because of that clean sheet of paper and being able to develop from start to finish
8: one of the answers that you've given frequently when when asked about you know continuing on duration how long you're going to race is the pleasure you derive from working with rodney and this team what has there been about this period of your career kevin this period of your cycle that that has just given you so much pleasure in in working through this new race car with these guys what is there about those guys and you that just brings you that pleasure
11: well, I would tell you a year ago, it was like, oh, man, do we really want to do this? Yeah. Uh, whether it was me or Rodney or whoever it was on the team, it's like, do we really want to go through this process? Uh, because it's going to be a, a lot of work. And, and, you know, I think as we got done with the old car and you're know, like, okay, now it's a reality. Uh, you got into the off season and then we, we actually got to go to the racetrack and test. And, you know, I think that was that was really the moment where I was like, okay, this feels right. Still feels right. And, you know, everything attitude towards the car was okay what do we need to work on not oh my god we got to go do this was was probably you know those tests uh, that, that we got to do were were probably the best thing that happened because you realized at that particular point it was just a race car and you were going to go out and do the same things you were going to try to make it go fast and you were going to come in and explain the problems to the team and they're going to go over and work on a solution and then you get back in the car and you see if that's better or worse and and those Really, through COVID, we haven't really done a lot of that because of the fact that you just kind of just show up and race, and then you're in this parts freeze and transition from old car to new car, and you couldn't really develop anything. So you're kind of like, ah, eh, I'm just going to go race, and you don't have to really think about anything other than than what you did on the weekend because of the fact that there's really nothing to progress on. Uh, in you know, I think with with this particular car, we we see the progression every week, and you learn something every week, and you solve a problem every week. And, you're working with the guys and, and that, that's what I really enjoy of, of trying to, you know, work towards things and, and, and make things better and, and uh, do that with a group of people. So I, I enjoy being around my group of people and my guys and, and you know, I think uh, that, that makes this process uh, a lot easier and a lot more fun. And it's been, it's actually been uh, very enjoyable as, as we've gone through these first several weeks aside from the east-west travel. Um, you know, I think that the racing part has has been very very enjoyable.
4: Thank you, Posty. Coming up, we'll preview racing at Dover this weekend, and later we've got this week in NASCAR history.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
4: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We just heard a few moments ago what Kevin Harvick thinks Dover will offer this weekend, but let's hear what some of the other drivers think. Kyle Ricky is back with a race weekend preview.
3: After a wild weekend at Talladega, NASCAR heads back to the Northeast this week for the Cup Series annual trip to Dover Motor Speedway. Last year at Dover, the Monster Mile was tamed by a monster performance by Hendrick Motorsports.
4: And Alex
5: Bowman is getting ready to put his name on the winner's board here at the Monster Mile alex bowman up off turn number four looks to shannon bednarik sees the checkered flag in the air and alex bowman wins the dry dean 400 at the monster mile in dover bowman with an impressive win the 28 year old from tucson arizona picks up his fourth career nascar cup series win Kyle Larson will finish second, Chase Elliott third, William Byron fourth, and Joey Logano fifth, a one, two, three, four finish for Rick Hendrick and Hendrick Motorsports.
3: That one, two, three, four finish for HMS was the first in the sport in over a decade. Alex Bowman's 48 car was the one who led the Hendrick train and got to victory lane. While Bowman was focused on just winning the race while on track, as soon as things were over, he realized just how big of an accomplishment this was for the team.
7: Yeah, I think post-race, looking back at it, we all immediately understood and uh, realized how special it was. So, you know, some things that we got to do throughout the week, like the the photo that we were able to take on Monday morning, uh, stuff like that was was really cool and um, pretty special to to be a part of that and to have been on the the front side of it as well.
3: William Byron was also part of that top-four finish, and while the youngest driver at HMS expected the team to have speed, just how much speed the team had impressed him.
7: Yeah, it was pretty amazing. You know, it was, um, Dover was a, a crazy day to see, you know, that with the, the Gen 6 car, that was a really good track for us. And, you know, we knew that going there. Notes-wise, we knew we would be fast, um, but I think everyone... Everyone in the shop was kind of like, all right, our setup's best. You know, our setup's best. So we we went through that process, and I think, you know, to show up, last year we had no practice, but but to see the speed we had early, you know, us on the 24, we took the lead early in the race and then, you know, struggled to keep up with the racetrack as, as well as our teammates. And so it was a little bit of a bummer that, you know, I was kind of finished fourth, but at the same time I was obviously so excited for everyone at Hendrick Motorsports because that shows so much strength to – be able to take four cars and you know really we're battling ourselves the entire race which was pretty amazing. Beyond
3: that accomplishment Byron thought that the race showed just how deep the organization is and how well all four drivers work together.
7: Yeah I think it was a sign of you know strength and and what we've built with teamwork you know I mean we the four of us work so closely and so well together that it's uh it just it feeds off each other i mean iron sharpens iron and i feel like we continue to work together and put ourselves further towards the front so you know it helps when you have teammates that are fast it helps when you have you know if kyle's really fast at a racetrack we can look at his setup or i can look at his his data and say okay that's maybe what i need to do different um you know we're all capable of getting to that point it's just a matter of kind of you know everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses so um you know fortunately It's funny because, like, Chase is so good on the road courses. Kyle's so good on the mile-and-a-halves. Alex is really good on the short tracks. And, you know, I'm trying to blend it all together, but it's fun to have people that you can lean on for that.
3: As Byron said, Dover was a great track for Hendrick in the Gen 6 car. This year, we head there with the Gen 7. Dover's steep banking and speed presents a challenge that this car hasn't seen yet. But Kerr-Busch thinks that the car will pass with flying colors. Um, I'm sure the car will be fine. Um, The car has shown that the body panels
6: are taking some some good scrapes and some good bits of contact. And then the suspension uh, has been on the fragile side. And so I think this weekend has already taught us what we need to upgrade and what we need to upgrade quick. And so yeah, Dover is one of the most uh, aggressive places to break welds or to have vibrations and to challenge the car. It continues to pass each test everywhere we go and we're doing it sometimes just on the
3: fly, like week of. Even though Bush thinks the car will overcome Dover's challenges, Brad Keselowski still wishes fans would appreciate the mountain that the Monster Mile is to climb. The only way you can really appreciate Dover outside of driving the race car is to walk down in the corner and watch the cars practice a race and it is an intense track um, and, and the load it puts in the car and in that it's got
4: this ride where you, you know you drive into the corner and it's like the car floats and then lands so hard into the banking and, and then on exit of the uh, corner you know you, you almost have a jump out of the corner and it does the same thing it has to land at the end of the jump and uh, that challenge to get the, a car to perform through that is.
3: Honestly, it's probably one of the most difficult on the circuit for for the teams and the engineers. Those challenges don't just put the car under stress. Dover is one of the most physically demanding on the circuit, according to Kyle Busch. I mean, Dover's always been super fast, um, a lot faster when we had open engine rules and things like that. So, um, you know, this day and age, it's definitely slower per se, but the corner speeds are fast and the corner speeds are high and you definitely feel a good sense of load there. So. Um, I remember when we ran the 2014 package with the high downforce. That was the most physically burn-up I was after a race, just from the the sustained
7: loads throughout that day.
3: What man and machine will be able to overcome those challenges and take home their own version of Miles the Monster? We've got 400 miles on Sunday to find out. MRN will have flag-to-flag coverage of the Duramax Dryden 400 on Sunday, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern Time.
4: Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we've got This Week in NASCAR History.
2: Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network.
10: This is NASCAR
4: Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Checker flag is set to fly for this week's NASCAR Live as we welcome you back in. Before we head for the exits, we bring in our Susie Armstrong with a brand new edition of This Week in NASCAR History.
10: Thanks, Mike. 1976, the Bellamy brothers rocketed to international stardom as their mega hit, Let Your Love Flow, climbed to the top of Billboard's Hot 100. Barbara Walters signed on to ABC News as the first female U.S. nightly network anchor. Walter Matthau and Tatum O'Neill cleaned up at the box office as the Bad News Bears hit a grand slam. And Darrell Waltrip smacked a dinger at Martinsville Speedway, driving the Dieguard Chevrolet to victory lane in the Virginia 500.
5: car number 88 moves to turn one. Waltrip just eases the car back to the corner the same way he has all afternoon. Goes out of turn number two up the back chute. Cale Yarborough about five car lengths behind. It's down the back stretch. Now moves into turn number three on this victory lap for Daryl Waltrip. Here comes Waltrip with Cale Yarborough right behind in the second place campaigner. Waltrip Getting the victory and second place going to car number 11, Kaylee Arborough, when it's over. Waltrip out of the throttle for the first time this afternoon, the Virginia 500. 1976 NASCAR Championship Races History. Winner, Daryl Waltrip.
10: 1987, English Rockers Cutting Crew were broadcast everywhere with their debut single, I Just Died in Your Arms. The NBA announced a two-year expansion team process, firing up franchises in Charlotte, Miami, Minneapolis, and Orlando. And the intimidator was lit at Martinsville as Dale Earnhardt drove the Richard Childress Racing number no. 3 Wrangler Chevrolet to victory in the Sovereign Bank 500.
5: White flag for Dale Earnhardt as he zips back into the south end of the speedway this time. And now they, everybody's coming up to their feet, taking their hats off, waving for Dale Earnhardt as he works out of turn number two. There's nothing between himself now the checkered flag except daylight. He heads for three.
4: And for Earnhardt, it's off to Talladega, Alabama with yet another victory. And the battle
0: behind him for second and third is a good one. Rusty Wallace for second. Bodine right behind him. Earnhardt wins his 26th career Winston Cup victory.
10: 2014, Pharrell Williams laughed all the way to the bank with his success of the hit tune "Happy." Chris Evans adjusts to contemporary society and disarms the bad guys in Marvel's Captain America: The Winter Soldier. And Joey Logano deactivated Matt Kenseth with four to go to score the win in the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway.
5: Clap along, we'll
4: to turns one and two, Joey Logano made his way through the field when he had to, muscled his way
3: to the point, and he's about to take a trip to Gatorade Victory Lane here at Richmond. And he's going to do so for the second time this season. Here he comes off turn number four, Joey Logano across the start-finish line, and now he is a two-time winner in the
10: 2014 season. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR History.
4: Folks, be sure to join us this Thursday for another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open. If you've already subscribed to NASCAR Live, you'll automatically get it. If you have it, you can get NASCAR Live Wide Open wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Bubba Wallace for joining us on this week's show. Also, our thanks to Kevin Harvick for stopping by as well. And we thank you for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. For the entire MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We'll meet you right back here next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Until then, so long, everyone.
2: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.
10: Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's ruoff, r u o f f.com.